Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at www.newhopechurch.tv and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Welcome, New Hope Church. I'm super excited all of you are joining us today. Be sure to tell us where you're from in the comments. Text FIRST to 642-123 if this is your first time. While you're joining us online, be sure to get our online listening guide by texting LG to 642-123. Hey, big shout out to all of our givers. We could not do it without you. But with you, God's word is being spread and our church is ready to take on this next season. Whatever that may be, I know we're going through a lot right now. But thank you guys so much. You make it possible, and we're going to be ready because of you. If you're, if you'd like to help your church family, go to our website and click giving. Next is NHK is doing something awesome this summer. They're doing a virtual camp. It's going to be preschool through fourth grade. And this is an opportunity for you to bring camp to your homes. Camp is going to be July 20th through the 24th. Registration is only $10. For more information and registration, visit newhopechurch.tv. I want you guys to take the moment to get connected with us. Be sure to follow us on social media like Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Be sure to join our email list. That way you never miss a beat. We always want you to be informed when we're going to open up campuses, when we're going to have an outdoor service, whatever it is, whatever event, we want you to be in the loop and ready to be there. We're going to be doing something really cool. Tim is going to lead us through TNT Devos, which is going to be a Tuesday and Thursday morning Devo at 8 a.m. You can get there by going to the church website. We'd love to have you join us. Next, church family, there's something that's been on my heart that I would really like to share with you guys. Family, listen when I tell you that my heart breaks for our country. These have been some hard times, not just in our country, but our personal lives. We've been through the coronavirus. We've been through lockdown. We've been through the death of George Floyd and now the aftermath of his killing all within weeks. I promise you, I heard as a black man who has been through and seen plenty of racism firsthand. But church family, I wanna tell you the strength that we need right now comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the only thing that can unify us not only with one another, but back to the father who created us all. He created us in his image, no matter the color of our skin. We are called to be his image bearers who love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And we're called to love our neighbor more than ourselves. I believe we can do this for his glory. Amen? All right, guys, I'm super excited for uh, the next lesson by Tim Liston in Not Ashamed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. All right, I want to welcome you to New Hope Church. Welcome, welcome, and uh, please, if you're brand new with us today, we would love to know who you are, where you're watching us from. You can uh, put that in the comments there on YouTube or also on Facebook. We love making new friends. And by the way, uh, real quick, awesome time together on Thursday night. We had an outdoor service. Appreciate those who came out. And uh, we're going to be doing more of this stuff 
real quick. So if I were you, I'd follow us. If you don't already, follow us on social media. So that's where you're going to get the announcements the quickest, and then you're going to know what's happening. And, and I will say on June the 21st, June 21st, we're hoping to get back into our buildings. That's our target date for getting back into our buildings at all of our campuses and having church. And it's gonna be socially distanced awkward, but you know what? We're gonna be back inside the buildings. We're gonna be together, so we're gonna make the best of it. And I can't wait, but... We're gonna have some details coming out in the next few days and, and we're gonna to have to register people in order to right size the services. So please, please, please follow us on social media, get on our church email list, be ready, and then let's, let's make it happen, all right? All right, so uh, I want you to stay to the end today because what's gonna happen at the end of the services, I'm gonna lead us into prayer time and uh, man, we need prayer. We need prayer right now, our nation needs prayer. So that's gonna be at the end of the service today. So be with us in those precious moments when we bang on the doors of heaven and we ask God to come and to, to heal our nation. And uh, anyway, at the end, let, let, let's do this first though. Let, let's uh, do what we've been doing and that is to learn from God's word. We're in the book of Romans. We're in a series that we've been calling Not Ashamed. And today we're going to be back, just like we were last week, we're going to be back in chapter 12. And man, there's some deep water here to wade into, some great learning to get into our minds so that our minds can be transformed, uh, some great practical application for living. Um, we, uh, we opened the door last week into chapter 12. <clears throat> And the topic was this, we talked about being all in. We, we, the, the question that we had was, are you a fan or are you a follower of Jesus Christ? And I encourage you, man, get all the way in. And I hope you are. I hope you're all the way in and you're not just a fan, but you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And that was the beginning, believe it or not, chapter 12 is kind of the line. It's kind of the beginning of Paul's movement in this letter to the Romans toward application. The letter, as all of Paul's letters are, is laid out with doctrine of front and then application in the back. Doctrine up front and application in the back. And it's not a, it's not a concrete line. I mean, it's not a, a, a line in stone here because there is some application in the front part of the book and there's some doctrine in the back part of the book. But if you needed to, if you were going to draw a line, you would draw a line right here in chapter 12. And uh, in, in the first 11 books or 11 chapters of this book of Romans, the Apostle Paul talks about doctrine. In fact, I'm just going to boil it down for you. Chapters 1 through 11, uh, Paul talks about how God loves us and how God has saved us. And he also talks about how God brings people together into one family. So if you've tracked with us, then you know that there are very different people in this church in Rome. You got Gentiles who are polytheistic where they worship many gods. They did whatever they wanted and uh, they really didn't have too many rules. And then you got uh, Jewish folks who were morally upstanding, who were monotheistic. They believed in Jehovah God from the Old Testament. But now they've, both these groups are finding Christ and then they're getting together, maybe a little bit awkward at first, but they're getting together now in one big happy family in Jesus Christ. And it's awesome how God can take very different people and make them brothers and sisters in Christ and his family. And, the, and that's all chapters uh, one through 11. But then in chapters 12 through 16, Paul flips the coin to show us the other side of the coin, or, or we, we take a seat at the other side of the table. Sorry to mix metaphors. Uh, but this has all been about how God loved us, saved us, how he brings people together in this family. And then in chapters 12 through 16, it's all about how we love God and how we live together in one family. 
In other words, how do we take the salvation that we have learned about in chapters 1 through 11 and put it into practice in our lives? So what does it look like in our lives? And, and, and bottom line here is, uh, is, is God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And, and um, I'm going to go on record right now and just say, I don't understand why God chose to use this plan. And I'm not going to get struck by lightning, so don't uh, turn off your TVs or whatever right now. But uh, and he knows what I think about this. And, and I, know, I know why he does it this way, but it's hard to understand at first. Here's God's plan. God uses us to attract people to him. God uses us to attract people to him and there's no plan B. <laughs> it's us. We're the plan. And uh, there's not like a mountain somewhere that has, you know, like lightning coming out of it and it's got a big uh, speaker on it and it's like voice of God and, and people go to the mountain and God says something directly to them and they fall on their face and, and become a Christ follower. That's not how it works. Nothing like that. The, the plan is this. The plan is that you and I, that we do the attracting, that we are God's representatives. We're the plan, which is kind of scary. It's kind of amazing as well. So uh, a good question might be, well, how, how are we supposed to live then? How are we gonna live? How are we gonna, how are we gonna pull this off? Well, in chapter 12, and following, Paul begins to show us the how. And I want, you to, I want you to check this out. Interesting fact here, but I'm Bible nerd, so go with it. In chapter 12, there are only 21 verses, 21 verses, but there are 43-ish commands. And I say ish because you might count them differently. You might come up with a few more, a few less, but I counted 43 commands in 21 verses, to which I say, wow. Now, interestingly, if you had to put a main theme above these 43 commands, and in fact, put a main theme above the rest of the commands in the book of Romans from chapter 12 to chapter 16, you could probably boil it down to one thing, and that would be love. That would be the headline. Love, how we love each other. How do we get along with each other? And so for 11 chapters, We've been talking about God's love for us, God's love for us, and that's the vertical love. That's the vertical love coming down to us. God loves us, but now in chapter 12, the focus turns to how do we love God? And honestly, it's not how you would think that we love God. He loves us, and so the way that we show our love for him is the way that we love each other. It's the way that we love each other. Like a lot of people want to do it this way. God loves them. And so they just, I'm just going to love God back. I'm going to love God back. That's how I love God. I, just love, I don't like people. Don't want to be around people. I just love the Lord. Just give me the, give me the Lord. Give me Jesus. That's all I need. Get the people out of here. But that's not how God wants us to do it. It's not how it is done. He loves us. And so if we want to get this right, we love each other. We love other people. And that, my friends, is the plan. And man, oh man. Man, oh man, do we need some of this right now, right? We got the love of God, but we need some of this horizontal love where we love other people, where people love each other with the love of God right now. Uh, it's also this thing that Paul is going to talk about here when we get to the text is also exactly what Jesus asked us to do back in John chapter 13. Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how we love each other 
is either going to be a good advertisement for Jesus or it's going to be a bad advertisement for Jesus. So back to chapter 12. We got 43 commands in chapter 12, which means this sermon could easily be nine and a half years long. But uh, I have been preaching too long lately and I apologize for that. Trying to, you know, I'm going to try to be shorter today. I think what's happening is I'm missing a lot of the conversations that I'm used to having throughout the week and on the weekends when I actually see people. And so I'm talking more from the stage. So I will try to stay on task today, please. Please, Lord, help me to stay on task. Uh, what we're going to do, instead of taking nine and a half years to go through this text that we're going to look at today, we're just going to look at the characteristics of love that Paul is talking about in chapter 12, the characteristics of love. Specifically, what, what kind of quality of love is it? What, what's the motivation behind a love? And what's the right attitude for this love? And I'm thinking if we get the characteristics, the quality, the motivation, and, and, and the attitude for love, if we get this right, then the commands will be easy because it's gonna flow out of having the right quality, having the right motivation and having the right attitude. So let's get this right, let's get this right and let's change the world. How about we do this right in our church family, it spreads out and we change the world for the better. And I say that because change always begins in the house of God. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the change begins with us. Lord, let it, let it begin today. Now, first of all, he talks about the quality of love and the quality of love that we're supposed to have for one another is agape love. Agape love, if you're taking notes, agape love. Maybe you don't know what agape is. That's because it's a Greek word. I'll explain it in just a moment. But first, let me do this. Let me read verses nine through 13 where we're gonna draw from today without stopping. So let's go, we're just gonna fly over verses nine through 13 and then we're gonna circle the plane around again. We're gonna land in a couple spots. I'm gonna show you the characteristics of love that uh, the Apostle Paul talks about that God wants us to have for one another. And hopefully we'll get this right today. So verses nine through 13, it says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. And that's where we're gonna stop for today. But we're gonna start back up in verse nine. So if you wanna look back up there again, love must be sincere. So the very first thing that Paul does here in this section of scripture is he talks about the quality of love that we're supposed to have for each other. Now let's just peel back a layer here and look at the word agape that is used here, right here for the word love. And this is gonna show us the quality of love with which we are supposed to love each other. Now in the English, we have one word for the word love and that is the word love. And uh, that's why... You know, sometimes English can be hard to understand. I was having a conversation with my grandson the other night at the table. We're playing a, a board game and he said the word mean. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, it's like mean. And I said, are you talking about mean, like somebody's mean to another person? Or are you talking about the person is trying to understand what somebody else means? Are you talking about mean being the average of numbers that were suggested before they got together or whatever like that? And my grandson's like, what are you talking about, grandpapa? And, uh, but the, another word that would be a good example of a word that is difficult to understand sometimes would be this word love, would be love. Because I can say, you know, I love my wife. And, 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 and then immediately after that I say, man, I love pizza. 
I love pizza <laughs> and I love my pickup truck. I love my pickup truck and I like riding around in my pickup truck eating pizza with my wife, you know? And so all those four would be kind of different, you know? But we use the same word and so it leaves some room for error. But in the Greek language, they actually have four words for love. And if you're a C.S. Lewis fan, he wrote a book back in 1960 uh, called The Four Loves, which is about the four words that I'm about to show you. And I'm going to show you these words now so that you can be a Bible nerd too. But I'm going to show you these four words with a short definition for each one so that you can understand the quality of love that Paul is talking about in this passage of Scripture so that we can get this right. The first Greek word for love would be the word eros, eros, which is... You know, it says romantic love here, which is kind of correct. But this is, this is the, the, the Greek word from which we get our word erotica. And it really means to, to grab or to grasp, to grab or to grasp. But the idea here is self-satisfaction. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get what I want for me. I'm going to be satisfied. And, and by the way, eros is not used one time in the Greek New Testament. Now, the next word for love is, is, and this one is used in the Greek New Testament. This word is philia, philia. And this word is used to describe uh, brotherly love. And from it, we get our word, uh, for instance, uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, which is the city of brotherly love. And this is love between friends. Or it's, you know, fondness for another person who's not necessarily a member of our family. And then a third word in the Greek for the word love, for our English word love, is the word storge. Storge. And then that would be talking about uh, family love, like, like when a, uh, a parent loves a child, when a child loves a parent, that's family affection, family love. But then there is a fourth kind of love, and it is the absolute highest form of love in the Greek language, and that is the word agape love. <laughs> And I've shortened, the, I've shortened the definition here, but hopefully you'll get it. Agape love is the, is the unconditional, unchanging, unrelenting, persistent, all-consuming love of Almighty God. Now, one of these loves is not natural. It's not natural. And you think about it. Uh, romantic love, yeah, that's natural. Love between uh, friends, that, that would be very natural. Um, love in a family, absolutely very natural. But agape love is supernatural. It's supernatural. And before this verse, before verse nine, in the, in the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Rome, agape was only used to describe God's love for us. Like the love that came down from heaven for us, that's the only way, that's the only time that that word was used, was used to describe God's love for us. Uh, a good example would be Romans chapter five, verse eight, where it says, but God shows us his great love in this, that's agape, his great love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But here we are in chapter 12 now, and Paul uses it again, only this time he says, guess what, church family? Guess what? You now love each other with this supernatural, all-consuming, unconditional agape love. And the apostle Paul didn't come up with this on his own. It's the exact same word and the same idea that Jesus had back in this text that we read just a few moments ago when Jesus said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
Jesus says, it's agape love. That's how we're gonna change the world. That's how people are gonna be drawn to him. That's how he wants us to love each other. And that's where the apostle Paul starts when he says the baseline for how you and I love each other in the church family has gotta be this. It's gotta be this quality of love. Now, next week we may move outside of the church family as the apostle Paul does in the text that comes right after this. But for today, we're gonna stay in the church family because we need to get this right. We need to get this right in the church family, in God's family, let's set the example for the world. We're to love one another with the same love that God has for us. We love one another. And then Paul says in verse nine, he says, your agape love must be sincere. It's gotta be sincere. Other translations say, let us love without hypocrisy, without hypocrisy. And, and a little uh, backstory here, the word hypocrite, the word hypocrite was a word used for Greek actors who would wear a mask on stage. Romans understood this. To whom this letter was written, these people understood what that meant without hypocrisy because they loved their shows, man, in the Roman Empire. So like today, if I said, you know, Tom Cruise, you would say, yeah, the actor. If you were back in the day and there was a Tom Cruise back then, and you, you said to another person, you know, Tom Cruise, and they would say, yeah, the hypocrite. And they didn't mean it bad like we would mean it bad now. That's just the word they used for actor back in the day. And it's, it's like for Tom Cruise, for instance, he makes a living faking. He makes, and he's pretty good at it. He makes a living faking that he's somebody else. I've seen most of his movies and he's, he's pretty good. He's kind of strange in real life. Let's just put that on the record. Kind of strange in real life. But in the movies, he's awesome because he's good at faking being somebody else, okay? And so that's what hypocrites did back in the day. They would fake being someone else. And actually back in, when this was written, back when Paul wrote this letter, Actors would literally wear masks or hold masks in front of their face, and then they would change masks between scenes. They would come out with another mask. Sometimes during the same scene, they would change mask mid-scene so that the crowd could tell that they were playing another person. Agape love here. What the Apostle Paul is saying is, agape love does not wear a mask. It doesn't wear a mask. Agape love doesn't say nice things to your face and then turn around and gossip behind your back. Here, here's a, let's put, let's put some wheels on this. And um, down in verse 15, it, it says this, um, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Is that difficult? Yeah, I would say it's difficult sometimes. It's very difficult. It's almost easier to weep with someone who's weeping than to rejoice with someone who's rejoicing. And I'll tell you why. And I've got a couple masks here to prove it. Let's say that you've been trying to get a, uh, a promotion at work for five or six years and you've been putting in your name and you've been showing up on time, you've been doing the work, you've been closing the deals and you really believe that you are due that race or that promotion and yet you come to work one day and there's a friend of yours who's also a follower of Jesus Christ and they come up to you and they're all happy. They're all happy. And they say, hey, you're never gonna believe this. I got the raise, I got the promotion. Isn't that awesome? And what do you do? What do you do? You go, oh yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's, that's wonderful. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. And then they walk away to go tell somebody else and you take off the mask and you put on another mask. Now let me just tell you something. Somebody else is happy. Good, good so far, good so far. But the apostle Paul saying, 
This should be sincere. It shouldn't have to be a mask that you're wearing. It should be on your own face. You with me? Not a mask. Uh, agape love must be without a mask. Uh, here's another uh, illustration. You've been trying to get pregnant, you and your spouse, and it's not been happening that then somebody shows up on at your house or something, who, a friend of yours, and they're like, guess what? We have an announcement. We're pregnant, we're pregnant, and we weren't even trying. We were, or maybe we were trying for like a day. We said, let's get pregnant. And then at the end of the day, we were pregnant, you know? And, and, and you, oh, that's, that's wonderful. And then you go into the kitchen to get something to drink and it's like, Lord, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. I'm, I'm just gonna ask you a question. Is, is loving without masks difficult? Absolutely. But the apostle Paul says, if we're gonna get this right, man, you gotta take off the mask because agape love must be sincere. It must be sincere. And we come closer to having a sincere, godly love when we have the right motive, which is number two, if you're taking notes. The right motivation would be the Lord. The Lord. Agape is the right quality of love and the Lord is the right motivation for our love. Verse 11 says this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So uh, be sincere, love, love sincerely. And then immediately he says, and, and keep the zeal up, keep your spiritual fervor up. So agape love must be sincere. Keep, keep, your, keep, keep this spiritual fervor, this zeal up because, because you're doing it for the right reason, the right motivation, you're serving the Lord. Years ago, when our church was meeting in a, in a strip mall up in uh, Pearland, a guy came by and he was selling bottles of cleaner. <laughs> and he was awesome, man. He was selling these cleaners. He has a backpack, you know, he pulls off, he gives out a couple of bottles and he's like, can I have a moment of your time? And he seemed like a nice guy. So I was like, sure, man. He goes, I got this cleaner. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And he started doing this presentation. He was amazing. He was amazing. And uh, he walked around the church building and he found a stain, which was not hard to do. Never been hard to do back when we had uh, carpet in our buildings, but he found some, so a big stain on our carpet. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean this stain right here. And then he takes a bottle and he twirls it around and he shoots the stain. And then he throws a towel up in the air and spins around and catches it. I mean, he's doing a dance. He's singing songs. He throws the towel on the ground. He gets on it and he starts shaking and baking, you know, doing the dance on top of the towel and singing the entire time. He gets done, picks up the towel, boom, stain is gone. And really, you know, the, the stuff was probably like a, like a 409 knockoff really is what it probably amounted to. And I probably could have bought it for about three or $4 a bottle at the store. This dude came into the church office. He was selling it for $20 a bottle. And I bought two. <laughs> and, and, and I knew it, man. I knew I was paying too much. But when I gave him the money, I said, I am not buying the cleaner. I am supporting you because you are awesome. And he sold me because of his zeal. 
Now, not that, not that Jesus is a product or a relationship with Jesus is a product or salvation is a product, because it's not. It's all about Jesus. It's all about a relationship. But just let me ask the question. With that illustration in mind, let me ask you this question. How many of you know that we had got the absolute best thing in the world? We got the thing that everybody in this world needs and everybody in this world wants down deep inside, even though they don't know it. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ and salvation through his name. Isn't that awesome? And friends, that is supposed to be our motivator for why we love each other. You talk about being able to keep up the zeal. We got something great, man. And I know, I know, I know times are hard. But in the hard times, it is actually the best time to be on fire for Jesus Christ, to have zeal for the Lord, to show to show love to people, and especially right now, love to people who may not look like you, to reach across those racial lines and let people know, man, we're in this together. And, 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 and I agape you, you know, I love you with the love of our Lord. In fact, the apostle Paul says here something that sounds kind of impossible. He says, never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. Now, how tough is that? I'm just going to tell you, it's tough. And, and I, I feel like we're being worn down right now because of all that our nation has been through lately, you know, to start all the way back when Corona hit our shores, the coronavirus, and, and then the, the killing of George Floyd, and then everything that, that has followed that. And, you know, there are a lot of emotions out there, and I get emails on a regular basis, people not happy, not happy with me and so forth. And it feels like we're being worn down. And I'll just say it, to never be lacking in zeal and to keep up the intensity of our love sounds impossible. And you know what, it is true, it's impossible. It's impossible. We can't do it in our own power. But let me remind you of something that I've been reminding you of this whole time as we've been going through this series. We're not supposed to live this life in our own power. We're not supposed to live this life in our own power. In fact, let's go back to a few chapters, Romans chapter five, verse five. And let me show you that you, if you are in Christ, you have all you need and I have all that I need to keep up the zeal and to love with agape love. It says in Romans chapter five, verse five, God's agape love for you has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we have God's love and God's spirit in us. God's agape love through his Holy Spirit has been poured out into our lives. And it is flowing from that fountain that is in us, the fountain of the Holy Spirit in such large quantities that so long as we depend on him and not our own power, we're never, ever going to run out. Plus, plus, not only will we not run out, we got enough that we can share with others, which is exactly what these commands are all about. We're not, we're not loving each other, expecting somebody else to fill up our tank. We love because God first loved us. First John chapter four, verse 19, if you're curious, curious. We love because he first loved us and his love is flowing into our lives. That's our motivation which actually helps with the third characteristic of love that we're supposed to have in our church family. And that would be the right attitude. And here's the right attitude. The right attitude is no scoreboard. No scoreboard. 
It's gonna, if we're going to get this right, if we're going to love with the right quality and we're going to love with the right motivation, then we have to love each other with the right attitude. And it's a pretty simple formula that's repeated again and again and again in the Bible. And the formula is this, others first, as in, uh, I'm saying it here, no scoreboard, no scoreboard. I, you know, I'm not going to love you at the exact amount that you're loving me. I'm not keeping score. Okay. Now I'm all about competition, man. I cannot wait for sports to get going again. I think we need some sports, man, in the world in which we live. And I can't wait for the Astros to dominate people. I can't wait for the Rockets to dominate other teams. I can't wait for the Texans to dominate, you know, or let's just, let's just say, wait for the tech. I can't wait for the Texans to win some games. That we'll just leave it at that today. Uh, I want, I, I play golf like once or twice a year with some pastor friends from around the country. And I've been practicing in my backyard, just practicing, practicing, practicing my golf swing. And I, every time I'm practicing, I just think there's going to be a day when I'm going to get on the course again with some of my pastor friends. And I cannot wait to beat them so badly that tears form in the corners of their eyes. <laughs> Is that bad for a pastor? No, man, come on, man. But here's the deal. When we walk off of the course or off of the field or off of the court, here's the deal. No scoreboard. We're not competing with each other. As in, I am not going to love you or serve you until you have loved me and served me. I'm not going to love you just as much as you love me or serve you just as much as you serve me. I am going to love without keeping score. And you can see that re reflected in that first verse in, in uh, verse nine that we looked at. Uh, agape love must be sincere. So we're loving with this high quality, unconditional love. But then also you can see it in verses 10 and following. Verse 10, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. And by the way, by the way, in this verse right here, he did not say agape for the word love here. He says philia. And another translation translates this verse as be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And so it may sound like, wow, verse nine, he was like, you got to love with this kind of love. Now we're down here to just this brotherly kind of love. But he immediately qualifies it and says this, be devoted to one another in love and brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. So agape love in verse nine, philia or brotherly love in verse 10, but philia love is taken up 25 notches to where we honor the other person above ourselves. So it's not I'm going to honor you if you honor me. I'm going to love you if you reciprocate and you love me just as much. Uh, when I was young, little, my, my older brother and I, we'd come in from playing. I remember this like three times maybe, okay? Three times maybe we'd come in. You know, you roll around in the grass, you're playing football or whatever. You come inside and you're hot and you're sweaty and your back itches. You know, once you've been rolling around in the grass, your back itches. And so this happened more than once, but probably not more than three times where the other one would say, hey, will you scratch my back? And then the other brother would say, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. And I remember trying this sitting on the sofa and I remember because his back was nasty and sweaty and, uh, and, and probably is still to this day, but scratching his back and him scratching mine and trying to scratch with the exact same quality 
that he was scratching mine. And, and, and it doesn't work because it'd be like, you start off like this, like you're really, you're really doing what you're supposed to do when you scratch somebody's back, you know, you go side to side and up and down and you dig in a little bit with the fingernails. And, and, and so you start to scratch and you'd be like, well, he's not scratching mine that good. So I'm going to let up a little bit. You let up a little bit. Well, then he lets up a little bit more and then you let up and then he lets up. And pretty soon, 10 seconds later, you're not even scratching anybody's back. You're just kind of sitting there with your hand up in the air. And it lasted about 10 seconds each time. Then we'd go to mom who was scratching her backs for us because she didn't expect us to scratch her back. She's a great back scratcher. If you ever need your back scratch, go see my mom. But anyway, if you, if, if you come into a church family and you say, I'm only going to contribute what I get back. I'm only going to serve in the direct proportion to the way I get served. I'm only going to give in direct proportion to the way that someone gives to me. I'm only going to help the way that I get. I'm only, and you're keeping score. You're going to be gone in no time because it doesn't work. And I have seen, I've seen people float from church to church to church and they say the same thing each time. We just can't find a church that meets our needs. And I wanna tell you something, that's because they're not a church that's supposed to meet your needs. You're not supposed to have a church that meets your needs. What's supposed to happen is Jesus didn't want it to be about what you can get. He wants it to be about what you can give. Remember, that's our motivation back in verse 11 again, one more time that our motivation is we're doing this because we're serving the Lord. And the apostle Paul spent the first 11 chapters telling us, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. He saved you, he saved you. Jesus gave his life for you. It's not by works that you're saved, it's by grace through faith. And while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. And now he's saying, take some of that, take some of that and honor others above yourselves. Be devoted to each other, meaning give it away. And in verse 13, he continues that same theme when he says, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Share with the Lord's people. Once again, we're in a church family here. Share with each other as they are in need and, and be hospitable to each other. By the way, I got some amazing, I think amazing stats. Things that have happened during the, at the beginning of the pandemic up till now. Uh, talking about the love of a church family. And uh, just, just listen to this. So they, they track some things. They don't track everything in the office, but our New Hope Kids staff and volunteers during the pandemic, which is what, 70, 80 days now, they have contacted over 1,573 families, families in our church, families that have kids to check on them, see how they're doing. One of our volunteers named Rose, thank God for Rose. Rose has personally called over 70 families. Seven, as a volunteer, man, called over 70 families and is now starting her call list again to check on these same families, make sure that they're okay. Friends, that's love. And that's a volunteer doing that. The pastoral care team is tracking with 4,300 New Hope families. They're keeping tabs on, making contact with, checking on, on a regular basis, 4,300 New Hope families who've had a prayer need or some other need in their lives over these past 70 or 80 days. Hundreds of people each week submit prayer requests to our church. Hundreds of people each week submit prayer requests and all, all of them, every single one of them gets prayed for multiple times, seriously. Over a hundred New Hope families now have received financial help from our church family 
during this crisis. Over 100 families that found themselves in a tough way have received financial help during this time period. Now listen to me. Even though we have not been meeting in person, we're still a church family. And that's not just from the main office, but more importantly, house to house. And I'm just thinking and I'm just hoping, I'm thinking and hoping out loud right now, but if we can just get this right, man, if we can just get this right and love each other with this agape love, with the right motives and with the right attitude, how much could we help a world that is torn apart right now? I mean, I'm gonna ask the question, how come we can get along in the church with so many different kinds of people, but out in the world, there's so much division and strife. You know the answer to why we can get along in the church? Pastor Robert talked about just a few minutes ago. Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one who breaks down the walls to separate us. He's the one who heals the brokenhearted. He's the one who enables us to forgive when we don't feel like it. He's the one that gives us the supernatural love that God has asked us to have for one another. And he is the one that the world needs right now. And the world needs to find him in us. They're going to see him by the way that we love each other. That's agape love that we need to have for one another. And that's why I'm asking you and been asking you all through this series, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And God can do what he did in the church at Rome, take these diverse people and bring them together with Jesus as the head of that church. Now listen to me today, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what color you are, we don't care, we don't care. If you're in Christ, you're our brother and sister in him. You're part of this church family and we love you. We, I love you with agape love of Jesus Christ. And uh, if you are not in the family of God today, you can become a part of his family. And I'm gonna pray in just a few moments and I'm gonna invite you if you want your sins forgiven today, if you wanna realize the overwhelming, all-consuming love of God in your heart today and the Holy Spirit showing up in your life and giving you what you don't feel like you have the power to give right now. He'll do that. He'll show up today in your life. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in just a few moments and help you with that decision. But. If you don't mind, if everyone everywhere, if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes right now. And I wanna start off by just praying for our nation, our nation that has been rocked. And uh, Lord, man, we need you right now. We need you in a big way. And I know we got people who are hurting. I know we got people who are wondering what's next. I know we got people who live in fear, God. I know we got people who are wondering if we're gonna make it. I just pray God in your mighty power that you would just show up today. I pray that in the middle of this situation we find ourselves in right now and where there's so much division, God, that you would just show up and show out and that you would show out through the church, that the world could see that you are God, that you're real because we can, we can love each other and the way that you've asked us to love each other. 
And I pray, God, that you would use this time that we're in right now where it looks kind of bleak and it looks like our nation may crumble at the scenes. And you would use this time to show up and start a revival. Start a revival, Lord. That would draw people to you once again. Please, God, please do it. I know you can. And may it begin in this church family, Lord. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are on the outside of God's family, if you still have sins on your record and those, those have not been removed yet by Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to just pray a prayer with me right now. If you wanna receive Christ, if you want your sins forgiven, if you wanna be a part of the family of God today, I'm just gonna throw out some words for you. You can use your own if you want, but I'm gonna give you some. God is gonna hear your heart no matter what you pray right now, that's what he does. He can see the sincerity of your heart. And so if you would like to sign on today and become a follower of his and a disciple of his, just pray this prayer. Dear Lord, please forgive me my sins save me. I put my trust fully and completely in you. I want to be a part of your family. Amen. Now, if you're believing in your heart today, that's what you need to do. If you believe in your heart today, God has just welcomed you into the family. The door has been thrown wide open. And we don't have, you know, because we're all socially distanced right now, we don't have the prayer partners for you to go talk to and to take the next step, which we believe would be baptism. Um, although we're gonna set some things up to baptize some folks in the not too distant future. Keep an eye out for that on social media. But uh, uh, I will say, uh, welcome to the family today. And I wish I could hug you. I'll hug you virtually right now. Welcome to the family. We're so glad to have you a part of the family, no matter who you are. And if you accepted Christ today, please, please, please let us know. Or if you need prayer, text prayer to the number 642-123, 642-123. When you do, you'll receive a text back with two choices. One is if you made a decision for Christ today. The other choice is if you need prayer. If you made a decision, somebody will reach out to you and, and uh, celebrate with you because of that decision. If you need prayer, somebody will reach out to you and pray for you today. Love you guys. Let's keep hanging on, man. Let's keep doing the right thing. Let's keep loving with the love of Jesus Christ and uh, believing that he's going to take something that's not good right now and make something good out of it. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening. 